Appalachia. Nobody truly knows where the word comes from, yet everybody has their own opinion of what it represents. Everything from mountaintop beauty and deep forest to meth heads and extreme prejudice. The Appalachian Mountains are the oldest mountains in the world. They once towered 30,000 feet to the air and currently stretch from Canada through 14 states all the way to Louisiana. The inhabitants of these mountains through the many years of their existence have lived through and witnessed downright unbelievable and tormenting historical atrocities. They have lived through everything from hauntings to cryptic creatures that show up and wreak havoc on their homesteads. The worst creature, though, may be man himself. I, being born and raised in these Appalachian Mountains, know that nothing is beyond a pale of belief, no matter how fantastic it sounds. The history that lies in these mountains is rich and has a long legacy of unending tales and adventures. Come with me as I take you on a fantastic journey through these mountains, where things are not always as they seem. I guarantee you it won't be anything like you expected. Hello, I'm Larry Bentley, and this is Season 2 of Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. While it seems that most of the odd happenings and ugly deeds taking place along our mountain range have been attributed to the Appalachians from West Virginia southward, most of the time, we who live here in these old hills feel like any time something happens that, well, let's just say don't add up in other folks' math books, it's a lot of times attributed to our overindulgence of white lightning or maybe somebody's use of a left-handed cigarette or two. That's why I'm here. I try to bring the facts as best as I can find them and let you make up your own mind about what it is or why it happened. That being said, the Northern Appalachians are not without their own oddities and legends as well that, to say the least, can measure up with the best of them. Let me tell you one such oddity right now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, When Europeans first explored the eastern shores of North America, trees covered about 90% of Pennsylvania's over 28 million acres. Its moderate climate, abundant rainfall, and rich soils gave rise to the dense forests with plants and animals unknown to Europe. John Bartram 
traveling up the Susquehanna River in 1743 found forest so thick that it seemed almost as if the sun had never shone on the ground since the time of creation. The trees in the Appalachian Mountains have always been Pennsylvania's most valuable, renewable, natural resource. The settlers who cut down the forest to clear the land for agriculture viewed them as an obstacle. I can only imagine wanting to plant a field and not only cutting trees to clear it, but also having to dig out massive stumps as well. I can certainly understand that much of it anyway. By 1850, millions of acres had been cleared for Pennsylvania's 128,000 farms. Pennsylvanians put their seemingly inexhaustible supply of trees to many uses. They used them to build their houses and fences to cook their food and heat their homes. Between 1760 and 1895, more than four million acres of forest were harvested two to four times over to feed the charcoal furnaces of Pennsylvania's iron industry. When the outbreak of the Civil War unleashed the unprecedented demand for the wood needed to build new railroads and fortifications, the nation turned to the forests of Pennsylvania where the trees came down like tall grass off of a giant scythe. By the late 1800s, railroads were using more than 15% of the nation's timber supply. Each mile of railroad track required 2,500 wooden railroad ties which had to be constantly replaced. The coal mines too used billions of board feet of timber more than the Pennsylvania force could ever hope to provide to prop up walls and ceilings in the mines. In the 1860s, a new pulp wood, it, pulp wood industry emerged, using trees unsuitable for lumber to make paper. Then came the wood chemical industry, which used the force to produce alcohol, acetate, charcoal, and tar. Now, none of this would have happened but for the man known as the Lumberjack. The life of a lumberjack and his family was dangerous, exhausting, and lonely, but it often gave income to a family that was otherwise unavailable in the rural environment of Bradford, Sullivan, and Lycoming counties in the Appalachians of northern Pennsylvania. In addition to those itinerant laborers who made a career of following the saw, Many others worked at it part-time for, or seasonally to supplement what they might otherwise make from farming or hand labor. Now, lumberjacks were often Dutch or Norwegian descent. It enabled them to withstand the cold weather for long periods of time as they were harvesting trees in the forest. After a tree was laid over, and if it were a hemlock, the tree had to be skinned as the bark of the hemlock was used in tanneries. The log was then dragged by horse over to the river, which had been dammed up for the logging industry and for the season. And once the season was over, which normally coincided with the spring thaw, the dam was broken to allow the trees now riding on the overflowing river to wash downstream to the sawmills that waited their arrival. Most days were long, from daylight to dusk. Of course, the winter days were shorter than the summer, but don't think that they still didn't get in a good day's work. At the end of the day, the lumberjacks would 
get their meal and sit around the fire swapping stories or just talking about family back home. It was here that during the late 1800s, sightings were first reported of a creature called the squonk. Although the earliest written account of the squonk was from the 1910 book called Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods, there are no written records of the squonk in Pennsylvania before the book's publication. The next written iteration from the 1939 book Fearsome Critters suggests that the creature had migrated from deserts to swamps to finally settle in Pennsylvania as logging camps were continuously moving in the early 20th century. This could explain the creature's migration to Pennsylvania. The squonk has a lazy, depressed disposition, usually traveling around at night or dusk and is typically described as being a four-footed creature, roughly the size of a beaver or a possum, with extensively oversized skin and drooping facial features. Because of its misfitting skin, which by the way is covered with warts and moles, it is always very unhappy. Hunters who are good at tracking are able to follow a squonk by its tear-stained trail because the animal cries constantly because of its ugly appearance. Even though they are not known for their speed or quick-wittedness, squonks are still able to evade capture by dissolving into a bubbly pool of tears when cornered. Squonks are reported to be their slowest on moonlit nights as they try to avoid seeing their ugly reflection in any illuminated bodies of water. In addition to warts and moles, the creatures were given webbed toes, but only on their left feet. According to those who have seen the squonk, if a squonk falls into water, it can only swim in circles, and due to having that one webbed foot, it will usually literally swim in circles until it dies. They were given the scientific name, Lacrimacorpus dissolvens, which means literally, tear body dissolve. This name refers to its supposed ability to dissolve if ever captured. Back in the late 1800s, a man named J.P. Wintling reported that he managed to capture a squonk in a bag, but as he carried the squonk home, he noticed that the bag suddenly became lighter as if it were empty. Out of curiosity, Mr. Wintling opened the bag, only to find that the sad creature had completely dissolved in nothing more than a pool of liquid tears. Now, in all fairness, there was a description of Mr. Wintling included with the story, which left him looking much like the town drunk of Dodge City, Louie, on the TV show Gunsmoke. Although the squonk has earned its place as a creature of mystery and legend of the Appalachians, ironically, it seems to belie its own status through its reputed shyness and self-loathing. I could find no Native American history on the squonk. Maybe they were so horribly sad and harmless that natives didn't bother including them in their history, though I seriously doubt that. One has to wonder just how much the lumberjacks would have to drink as they sat around their fire in the evening. They were, after all, known to be hard-drinking, tough individuals. I, for one, don't outright dismiss anything as a possibility. I know that if you spend enough time out in the mountains, you're going to see things that you can't explain. That's the Appalachian Mountains for you. 
Whether the squonk will ever learn to love itself, I guess remains to be seen. But in the meantime, we can enjoy its position as both a tragic yet somewhat likable creature of the Appalachian lure. And if you ever see one, remember, be nice. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Please go over to the Facebook group, Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend podcast, where we can discuss everything Appalachian or whatever else you'd like to talk about. I'll be back again with another one, Appalachian Murder, Mystery, or Legend. I'm Larry Bentley. Thank you.